all that old material now, we set that aside and we just start with nothing. I went into it with a clear head, I think, of knowing more of what I wanted to say. Uh, the first record was trying to figure out who I wanted to be, what I wanted to say, what I wanted my artistry to be. And then album two is like, okay, now how do we take that and really solidify it and then move forward. Between the Grooves is hosted by James Curtis, music director and morning man in the greater Toronto area on Joy Radio. And Aisha Woods, Grammy-nominated singer, songwriter, and musician. Together, they talk with artists and industry insiders to discover our connection between music and faith. You can connect with us on Facebook or Twitter, at Between Grooves. Now, here's James and Aisha. Episode 250. Can you believe that? My goodness. How did we get here so fast? We are almost into our sixth year of Between the Grooves. Yeah. Time flies. But we've had a lot Mm -hmm. of great guests, and our guest this week uh, is going to be just that. But I will say, uh, you know, just thinking about our episode from last week, surprisingly, uh, no significant backlash from our last episode. So I still have a job. Mm. Um, There you go. I have not been canceled. So, you know, I, I was given my two cents worth and, uh, you know, it seems these days you can be an expert on anything, no experience required. This is true. Right? Like with, <laughs> with social media, you can take some quick online courses, whether they're certified or registered or whatever, and you can put it on your resume and, uh, and, and make people think that you're qualified to talk about something. But, you know, oh it's, like, it's like taking marriage advice from a newlywed. Or taking advice... Uh about children from someone who has one child. Or no kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. So uh, a little bit of sarcasm in our last episode. Uh, I will not apologize for that. (laughs) (laughs) No apology necessary. Just telling you the way I feel, you know. So anyways, today, a very special guest. Uh, We had him on the podcast, I guess, about three years ago. And that was, I guess, just as the pandemic was getting started. A lot has changed in the world around us since. So we wanted to check back to see what's happening with Michael Cochran. Woo woo, goatee records in the house. Sorry, I was was on for a second. I disconnected. I was trying to make sure my microphone's working. It sounds great. Awesome. Is the volume okay? Is it a little loud? Or? No, you're good. You're perfect. The first time I heard your music was when you did that collaboration with Toby Mac, and I loved it. Oh, um, Edge of My Seat? Yeah. It was uh, just, it was just yeah. a great introduction to Cochrane and Company. It really was. Oh, man. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, that was fun to do. I think we did that. Uh, no, I guess that was before COVID. Yeah. Yes, yes. It was yeah, before actually, COVID. Mm, okay. In yeah. fact, I think it was before I, your first album, too, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. We had just put uh, maybe one song out. Uh, yeah, I guess just one song out, and then we, then we did that with him. And what was that first song again? Uh, it's called Church, Take yeah, Me Back. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was, I was trying to remember. And that is take a, me back. You know what? Church, Take, take Me yeah. Back. You know what's great about that song? Is that your new album, which is out basically in a few days that the new album sounds a, like it's kind of got that style it's got the it's got the pop it's got the church vibe it's got some soul some blues in some there, blues yeah. yeah yeah it's like it's it's yeah, a mix of all yeah. of that and and so that's what the new album reminds me of is that first song church take me back oh that's great man that's cool yeah it's it definitely feels like a natural step forward uh you know i think that we we haven't abandoned uh 
anything that makes us us, but we've definitely explored some new avenues as well. So I'm, I'm pumped for that. What was the writing process like for you guys with this project? Uh, long. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I hear you. We, we put, you. Uh, you know, the first, the first record was like, it feels like it was basically my whole life, uh, my whole musical life, so to speak, like compiled into one record. It was like, this is where I've been for the first 25, whatever years of my life is because a lot of, a lot of those ideas and those songs, uh, some of those were brand new. Some of those were like, you know, I started them years earlier or yeah. whatever, you know, we came in with, you know, close to a hundred songs that we just were working through and writing new music and, and, you know, after signing a record deal and then meeting all these producers and stuff. And so it's, it's very much like, there's a long time coming for that record. And mm-hmm. this record, I, I basically started right after that one came out. I was like, Hey guys, like, uh, you know, are you happy with this? Do I get to do another one? <laughs> you know? and, and they were like, yeah, you know, we'll keep you around. And so I just immediately started writing for the new record, but it was different because now I felt like I was writing fresh, like new, yeah. like, uh, almost like all that old material. Now we set that aside and we just start with nothing. And that was kind of cool because, uh, I went into it with a clear head, I think, of knowing more of what I wanted to say. Uh, The first record was trying to figure out who I wanted to be, what I wanted to say, what I wanted my artistry to to be. And then album two is like, okay, now how do we take that and really solidify it and then move forward? And uh, I think I was able to confidently go into those rights and say, you know, I want to be transparent about this thing today. I want to talk about this. I want to meet people where they are here and knowing what my voice is now, knowing you know, what my writing voice is, how I want to communicate these things. And so sure. the hard work felt like it was out of the way. And then it became uh, just now, what do I want to say? Which was really cool. And does your wife, uh, is she part of that writing process as well? Or are you the primary writer? Uh, I'm definitely the primary writer. She is a great writer. She uh, used to write a lot more. And then when she took, uh, when we got married, she took a teaching position as a music teacher in public education. And so that was just a lot of music all day long. (laughs) And and so when she came home, you know, when she come home from from work, it was like, you know, I I think I've had my music, uh, hit my music. She's met her quota. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And so uh, she definitely has slowed down on writing. We did write a song a few years ago together. Uh, It was a Christmas song called Christmas With You. Uh, Just her and I wrote that together in our home. And it's still my favorite song I've ever written. I love it. Um, so I'm hoping that uh, now that she's not teaching, she's touring full time. I'm hoping that that writing can begin to come back. Uh, but I, I, I definitely would be the primary writer at this time. Yeah, that's awesome. Now you are also a worship pastor, correct? I am. Yeah, I've been serving at the same church for this is I'm going on my 11th year now, which is wild to think about. It's like a third of my life. Uh, that's so great. Yeah, it's it's great. It's just a small town church. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we we are uh, just a close knit group of people, and I, I love it. Uh, we actually just led yesterday morning. Uh, we're going to be gone on a tour for the next nine, ten weeks. So this is our right. last time to be at our home church for a while. And it was really sweet just to fellowship with everyone and, and hear everyone sing, and uh, it's it's a special thing. I, I I really think it contributes a lot to my writing over the years is just being in that role and rubbing elbows with real believers day in and day out, hearing their stories and what they're going through. And, 
I mean, I think it just reminds me that it's all real. When you get on the road sometimes and you're out doing it and it's, and there's, you know, uh, there's other things attached to it, uh, you know, like, yes, uh, it's very much a business. You know, we love doing ministry on the road, but there's a business aspect to it, obviously. Sure. And we're all trying to make a living. And, and so sometimes it can begin to feel a little fabricated and not on purpose. We all have great intentions and motives and stuff, but when you come back and you scale it down and you just come with a few hundred people in a, in a, in a church and, and it's just like the back to the basics, so to speak. It, yes. it really reminds you like, this is, this is all real. What we're doing is mm-hmm. real. like it matters mm-hmm. and it, and it's not, it's not just a business. It's impacting people's lives. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll meet people uh, on Sunday morning at the church. And they'll tell me like, Hey, we went and saw like casting crowns last night. Or we went and saw like, whatever. they're just fans of Christian music too. And so it's cool right. to realize like, these are the, these are the people that we're all touching their lives. You know, mm-hmm. so I get to see behind the scenes of that, and, and it's really cool. To a certain extent, I guess you get to do the same thing, Aisha, as a as a worship pastor or music pastor, and mm-hmm. the fact that you still go out to various conferences and you're singing and whatnot, you kind of see it from both sides as well. Right. Yeah, I definitely do. And uh, the being at the church and having the opportunity to serve in this capacity, it's one of the things that helps to keep us grounded. Mm-hmm. You know, um, oh, when it's 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 ministry, like full out every bit of it is ministry. And um, it just it brings a really nice balance to it all. And that's so true. I mean, it's like it it's good for people to do things that nobody claps for. Right. You know, I think that's that's healthy for us, you know, to have that balance in life of like, you know, we just serve in this way and we serve in silence and and the only person that knows that we do it is Jesus and that's really helpful. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess the other difference too for you, Michael, would be the fact that when you are leading in your own church, probably a lot of the songs you sing aren't necessarily songs that you've written. So you, right. it, but it's yeah, a different, it's right. a different take, right? Cause when you're, that's when you're exactly. on the road, it's all your stuff, your music versus yep. as a pastor in a church, I guess you, I guess you could sing all your own stuff, but no, <laughs> that would get weird real quick. You know, I, people ask a lot at, at my church, like, Hey, when are we going to do that new song of yours? And I've just always been like very intentional to not do that. Like right. I, maybe even more than, than what I should, I don't know, but I, like we don't really do any of our music. I, I just don't want uh-huh. anybody to ever make a decision to come to our church because of that, you know? Right, uh, right. Because I'll let them down. Like, <laughs> you know, if they're coming for me, I will let them down eventually. Sure, sure. But if they're coming for, for the truth that we're saying and if they're coming for Christ, then, you know, they won't be let down by that. Right, right. Or, or That's people, great to hear. Or people having the perception that you're trying to make some extra money singing your own song in church. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, it's I'm, true. I'm trying to get that CCLI money. Yeah. You know, I just, just it's true. Every week. It's true. I've seen, oh. it, I've seen it happen. So, I mean, that's... Oh, my God. That's, yeah, it's cringy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, the last time we chatted, I guess it was about three years ago, that was uh, just after the pandemic started, and we, we were chatting a little bit about funding your calling in music and in conjunction with that, we were talking about adapting the business model uh, when something unexpected hits. And of course, that's 
what hit was was the pandemic. So we've come out of it. Um, is there now a shift as far as your business is concerned, as far as the music business for you is concerned? You've got a new album, but now you know touring is coming back. Uh, are you kind of shifting again now to the way it used to be, or is that completely changed permanently? Uh, well, I mean, definitely a lot of things have changed, probably permanently, but more more like mindset things. I think, mm. uh, and I see it. I think I see it across multiple tour uh, enterprises. You're just like you're more focused on guarding for the future a little bit, maybe as far as like sustainability and uh, you know, if something were to happen to be able to set yourself up, to be able to still keep doing what God's called you to do and you know, being prepared to cut back. If you have to, I watched a lot of tours uh, not be able to do that and they didn't really have a reference point for scaling. And so it was either mm. all or nothing. And a lot of tours lost money or a lot of tours just didn't go out uh, but I also watched some camps be very successful in scaling back properly, realizing that you know you could still go out there and share the message and share the songs without the arena and without all the bells and whistles and make an impact. It's just going to be a smaller check that comes in, but you're going to float and, and you know and you're still going to pay your people. Uh, but for us now, what's nice is yeah. you know we we definitely scaled back in a lot of ways for a few years, and now that you know better opportunities are coming along with touring. Uh, I feel like we're in a place where we're able to invest in the, the business side, but like more like investing in expanding the the brand or expanding the mm-hmm. the vision. Uh, you know, there's there's cushion with with where we're at, so we're trying to we're trying to like how can we capitalize with yes. this marketing campaign, or how can we capitalize like you know if we if we go and play here. And we really need to play there. Maybe the money doesn't work out to go there, but we need to be there so we can afford to take a loss here because there's a gain over here. Right. Um, that's that's kind of what we're trying to do now is just expand and invest, just like a business would, like where you're trying to just, you know, maybe you want to put a new awning on your, your storefront, you know, like now's the time where you can do that, whereas you couldn't do it for the past three years. So that's right. what we're looking right. at right now. In your band, in, in Cochrane & Company, uh, obviously you and your wife are full-time members of the band. Do you have any other full-time, I'll call them employees? Because, of course, that's an added expense, too. If things need to be ramped sure down, now you've got employees to worry about. And I've, and I've heard you know, what a lot of bands have been doing now is just scaling down and bringing in the extra players, the extra musicians and singers when you know it's going to be a, a gig that can pay for that versus taking a loss at the end. Yeah, I mean, we we do have a couple players that are with us throughout the whole year. Um, nice. A drummer and a guitar player, and that is something that we couldn't do for a couple of years. I, I played solo almost exclusively for mm-hmm. two years, uh, and then with Leah, my wife, coming out occasionally. Uh, but now, you know, we're we're out touring for the past year and a half, maybe almost two years now, and we have uh, a tour manager and a guitar player that's out with us, and a drummer, and uh, it's. It definitely feels like a family on the road, and it's good to have consistency and have the same guys out. Sure. Uh, it begins to, I mean, some of the sonics and some of the writing on this record has definitely been influenced by the way that we sound live, and that's a direct result of, of having these players out. So it's, it all, I mean, it's when, it, when you invest in something like that, it does, it does pay off. 
It's funny. Sure. It's funny you say that. Uh, this is the sound. This is what we sound like when we're live. A lot of times, <laughs> you you create an album. You create that sound in an album, and then it's like, okay, well, that, okay, we're done recording. Is, we're going to release yeah, the very different. We're going to release the music, and now, okay, how do we how do we mimic that sound? How do we make that same sound mm-hmm. in a live environment? Yeah, that's that is true, and I I I think I'm, I always try to be intentional about that because I've been hoodwinked many times. Growing up, like I buy the record, I'm like, man, I love these guys, and then I watch them on TV or I go see them live or something, and, and I'm it's like, different. what? Yeah, I'm like, what in the world happened between the studio and the show? Like, they, right. you know, right? Man, like it's or the even the arrangements will just be all kinds of weird, and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes you just want to go out and you want to hear it like how you love it, you know? Um, one of my favorite artists is uh, Lorne Daigle, and my all-time favorite song right now, anyways, because that obviously can change, but one of my all-time favorite songs from her is Trust in You. And when the first when the song first came out, there was this cool version of the song with kind of like a, a military beat to it. And mm-hmm. so she came to Toronto with, I think it was uh, Hillsong United. She came for a, for a concert one night, and I went. And I was so looking forward to that song. And she yes. sang that song, but it wasn't my it version. Wasn't the way- <laughs> and it was like, oh, what a letdown, you know? So, and yeah. there were very, there were different versions of it, but I was just really hoping that it was going to be that one, you know, militant type. You know, with the drums going and stuff, I was really hoping it was that version, and it was not. And I was, I was so disappointed. Needless to say, that's, that's the funny. version we play on our radio station because I haven't gone. <laughs> so when I get to play that song during the morning show, it's like, ah, yes, finally I get to hear my song. I can crank it out of the monitor. So that's great. Yeah, it seems like artists do that. Like, especially if it's been in the set list for a long time, or if it's an older song, it's like almost for, for maybe for their own sanity, they have to spice it up, change it up so they can keep it in the set. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> keep, it, mm-hmm. keep it fresh for them, you know? Well, that, when yep. I, it drives me nuts when artists do that to their songs that they release to radio. So they'll release a version of the song and, and I'll add the song, think it's a great song, I'll add it. And then like two weeks later, here's the same song featuring whatever artist or or right, a right. different a different uh, version of the song where you know now we've added more instruments or you know before it was a kind of a mellow song with no drums now we've added a drum version it's like make up your mind <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we're yeah, creative pay- it's hard to do that you know <laughs> yeah but it's more yeah, work for me because i can keep swapping out the song with the with the new version you know so i, I usually yeah. I, I usually take the stance saying okay this is the song i added I'm not going to add the new version of it because then I'm just right. going to be continuously updating all the music all the time. And I think from the listener standpoint, they get confused. Like, but wait a minute. I, I thought this is the way the song <laughs> sounded, you know? Yeah, that's fair. You know, they say, like, what's that saying from painters where it's like a, a painting's never done, you just stop? Uh, so, something like that. I yeah. Think, you know, uh, so maybe that's how some people view their music. It's like it's if you, if you let me keep sitting with it, I'm going to keep changing it. So just take it out of my hands. I, right. I think I think it's the record label's fault. I think it's they're they're the ones that initiate all that. But uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> when in doubt, blame the labels. That's exactly. That's, right. Right. I'm, I'm all Put for it that. on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> do you guys do any worship in your set? Like when you're out. I mean with being a worship pastor and not doing your original material in worship at the church, is it true? Um, like, is it the same when you're out 
Do you do worship music? Yeah, I mean, uh, I like to think that a lot, you know, a lot of what we write is uh, definitely a form of worship music, uh, even if sure. it doesn't, you know, sound sound like uh, the, the the big church uh, sound or whatever. But right, uh, right. But we definitely do. We have you know, we have some moments in our longer sets where uh, you know we may slip in like a a favorite congregational song that everybody knows. Yes, um, you know, mm-hmm. like. We, we've played Waymaker several times. We've played. I always like nice. to go back to Great Art. Great Are You, Lord, is one of my all-time favorites. Um, oh, yeah. Right now, one of my favorite songs to lead, uh, just specifically in the congregation of worship, is uh, Christ Be Magnified. I just okay. I love that song. Um, so sometimes We did we'll that yesterday. That <laughs> That's a great song. Oh, so good. Yeah, it is. Uh, Michael, whenever you're on the road and you're doing a set and you've got that longer time to work with do you ever throw in the song without telling the rest of the band and you just start singing it oh that happens a lot yeah we make a set list and we print <laughs> it out and we're, and we're all official and then i change it like every night on right. the fly um and they usually just have to figure it out a lot of times my wife is the one that's like firing any backing tracks and things like that and so she can usually tell if i'm off the rails and <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, she'll just she'll just wait for me to either like you know talk about the song a bit and then try to figure out what song it is I'm talking about uh, <laughs> to the audience or I'll just look over at it, you know, and I'll say, Hey, this one. And then we have, you know, when, when our click track fires, it tells us, you know, say like, don't lose hope two, three, four. So the guys will at least have a four count, <laughs> a four count notice before we go into it. Uh, but there's a section in the show where I, I'm just playing solo on the piano and that can get pretty fluid. Um, Cause the guys aren't in, they're not playing uh, on those songs. I'm just, kind of moving through things and, and tell us some stories a little bit. And that that usually is like whatever it, in the moment I'm feeling. And I might go to this song and share a snippet of this brand new song or something like that. That's a sign of a good band if they can, uh, you know, jump right in Blow with you. you. Yeah. 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 They definitely wow. have learned to, to hit the curveballs that I throw them. So that's great. Do you now you you just talked about playing the piano. I know you play guitar. You play drums. What other instruments do you play? Well, I play guitar very minimally. I call it like okay. worship leader guitar, you know, um, yeah. okay. like four chords in a capo. Oh, uh, I hear you. But I do, dr- drums was my you. first instrument. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm always more confident when a real guitar player is on stage with me, you know. Yeah, uh, I hear you. cover my mistakes, but I, I play I play drums, yeah, uh, piano, um, harmonica a little bit. Okay. Um, I tried to learn the banjo, uh, a few years ago and I got maybe a couple songs down but I don't think that I don't think it's for me I, I, don't, I don't have the, the finger dexterity in that motion to get the rolls down right um, I hear you but but that's that's probably about it piano is definitely my main instrument these days Aisha if it yeah. helps I can play the radio <laughs> just throw that in there listen hey we gotta have that you me and and Michael included <laughs> You know, I'm sitting. I'm sitting here in studio and looking across at Justine, our producer, and she's just shaking her head. She's not even laughing at this point. She's just got this look on her face, like, "Oh boy." <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about running home. Now, the title track, uh, co-written by uh, Matthew West and Jeff Pardo, both have been previous guests on Between the Grooves. Both great guys. Both very, very talented. Um, how did you swing that? 
I've written with Jeff a lot. He was one of the people, uh, you know, when you when you come and you're being courted by record labels or however you want to say it, they usually start putting you with their producers before they make sure. any decisions because they, they want to see what you're capable of. They've heard the songs that you've written by yourself or whatever, but they want to know what can you do with some of our writers. And I think it's like a risk-free way to see if a good song does come along and they want to just grab it up. You know? mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So Jeff was one of those writers that I was put with uh, back four or five years ago and we just struck a great friendship wrote some great songs together back then uh, one of which was on the first record uh, called Stained Glass Window that was a great uh, write that we had and so mm. when I was writing this record uh, I just loved a lot of the sonics that he's been working on lately uh, you know I just I love a lot of the Ann Wilson stuff uh, yeah I love some of the things he's done that just it's the real instruments that are coming back in the music Yes. Uh, less programming, more live players. And I, that's my style. I love that. And yeah. so uh, I reached out and I was like, hey, you know, Jeff, I would love to write for this new record. He's like, yeah, man, all day long. Uh, and uh, last summer, I uh, became friends with Matthew at, uh, I met him at a festival for the first time. Mm. And then I saw him again in the summer. And we just kind of, he gave me his number. We, we talked a little bit. And then uh, I reached out and I was like, hey, Got, you know, got some song ideas. I would love to write with you. He's like, yeah, man, let's get it done. So uh, he and Jeff have a great relationship. They've written a lot together. And so it just felt natural to, you know, I was like, hey, Jeff, I've been talking to Matthew. Hey, Matthew, I've been talking to Jeff. Like, what are we all three? And so we just hopped in the room together and started writing. And we wrote uh, a song earlier last year uh, called Thank God for Sunday Morning that we put out to radio. Mm. Uh, and I just loved that song. And so we kept writing together. And then a few months later, we wrote uh, Running Home. Nice. And it's a, it's a great project, great songs on it. And can you talk to us a little bit about the lows? I want to know the story behind that song. You know, we've added that song. I mean, it has not officially been released to radio, but we've we've, okay. we've added it anyways, just because just it's a great a, song. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so man. the problem oh, I'm, I'm going to have is when it actually does get released to radio, it's like, well, everybody's <laughs> already heard it, right? But that's okay. It's, it is a great song. <laughs> Well, thank you. Yeah, that song, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, I really wanted to be to be uh, transparent on this record right. and address some things that I struggle with and uh, worry, anxiety is definitely on that list. Um, sure. And so I wanted to write a song, but I didn't want to just uh, write a downer <laughs> of a song, you know. Yeah. I wanted it to still encourage people. And I just, I love music so much. I love the way music makes you feel and, and right. the groove and the and the vibe of it. So I, you know, I, that was important to me. So we started, you know, how how can we communicate that everything's going to be okay while also touching people in some of their low spots, for lack of a better word. Sure. You know, just, you know, but also have this vibe of a song that they want to listen to over and over again, whether they're up or they're down. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that it just kind of came out that way. We started writing it, and it definitely changed a lot as we went. We had several versions of it. Uh, oh, wow. It was me and a writer named Chris Stevens, who's just just awesome. Hey, Chris. Yeah, a, man, I like to call him the hit maker. <laughs> oh, he really is. You know, he's just it's magical hearing him. Uh, it's one of the only times that I don't feel the need to get on the keyboard. Uh, I love playing the keys <laughs> yeah. and stuff, but he's such a player that we were just in there, and I was like, "I'll just work on the lyrics, man. You're you're just vibing so good on that keyboard right now, <laughs> you know." Yeah, uh, yeah. But it it was so fun, and so you know, we just we just started talking about real life and talking to somebody that's been down and and you know, 
hard times, yeah, you got them. Living ain't been easy, and what sure, that looks sure. like for them, and and then just trying to find a way that isn't so uh, cliche or so oversaid of like it's going to be okay. And I think right. that you know that's where that's where the storm analogy came from, and it's and you know it's storms pass, and this is going to pass too. And even if it feels awful at the time, nothing really lasts forever. And right. uh, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get past it, you're gonna see it and and in the meantime, just kind of bob your head along with this song. <laughs> you know, maybe it'll make you feel a little better, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael, one of the perks that we get in radio is is very often we get an advanced look at an album before it's actually released. So before anybody else has heard it, we get to we get to listen. And uh, so we got an advanced look at your Running Home album. And obviously, and, and the interesting thing is I can see how many people, how many listens each track has had. So the most listens is, of course, Running Home, which is the title mm-hmm. track. The second most is The Lows. Oh, that's awesome. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Song. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah. So obviously other that people cool. like it as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's encouraging to hear. Yeah, so there you go. Well, listen, Michael, thank you so much for hanging with us. Uh, pleasure speaking with you. It was great to run into you yes. uh, last summer, and hopefully we uh, run into each other again and uh, get a chance to chat. Yeah, I would love that. Thank you so much for having me on. I, this is always a good time. Appreciate it. Thanks a lot, eh? Bless you, man. <laughs> God bless y'all. Take care. What a great conversation with uh, Michael Cochran from Cochran & Company. You know, one of the things I thought was really interesting in that conversation was how he's learned and adapted uh, during COVID, during the pandemic, and he talked about scaling back, and it kind of you know, made me think about you know, everybody really should be always thinking about that rainy day. We're talking about now, you know, we're possibly in a recession. And so right, right. are you scaling back on your spending? Are you putting money away from a rainy day? It's like the whole Dave Ramsey thing, right? That's that's what he right, right. preaches about all the time. And, and I think that's all, you know, really, really good advice that people could take, but should be doing on a regular basis in the good times and the mm-hmm. bad times. Absolutely. And it just reminds me of a conversation. Um, being Goatee alum myself, um, having a conversation with the president of Goatee and uh, Joey Elwood, and he sat me down not long after I signed with Goatee. And he was like, Aisha, is there a plan in place for after this is finished? Because this does not last forever. You know, it's only for a season. So um, conversations like that are extremely helpful and extremely important. So um, I'm hoping and I'm thinking he probably has had that same conversation with Joey and um, it has served him. Did it serve you? Absolutely. Like was your was your plan get married to a general contractor and get, <laughs> uh, have kids and become a music pastor? That was, that, that was God's plan. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the Bible says forget not his benefits, right? So there have definitely been benefits uh, with being in relationship with Jesus. And he has provided every single step of the way. And um, we've definitely been able to take a lot of that advice and use it. And it has served us as well. So Mm. 
I'm grateful for those kinds of conversations. Yeah, great to have a plan, uh, and but understand it is a plan because it may not go according to the way you think it's going right. to go. But to having you know having right. that plan in place so that at least you you can look in the future and know that you know everything will be okay. And part of that mm-hmm. is trusting in God, right? Yeah, absolutely. So for more on Cochran and Company, check out his website at CochranMusic.com and be sure to look out for his record dropping this Friday. Yeah, all right. Good stuff. Yeah. Now, before we go, some quick artist advice from Tommy Walker. I'm going to kind of do two answers, but keep asking yourself, am I doing this for my glory or for God's glory? And then... My other bit of advice is keep going and don't stop just because you're not as popular as you used to be. If you can bless one person, if you can encourage one believer, if you can be on the worship team, like people forget, like when you go to church, you're just going to church and being there and being a worshiper. It's encouraging. It's encouraging to the person next to you. It's encouraging to the leadership. You know? Go and volunteer and with whatever your art is, I just encourage you to keep going because the process of doing it is such a healing part of life instead of just letting go and giving up. I think the first part where he says, uh, my glory or God's glory, I think that speaks volume right there. I I remember someone posting uh, recently about when you're posting on social media, are you posting for your glory or God's glory? And right, it kind of right. makes you think back because I, I, I'm scrolling on Facebook and I know there's this one artist, I'm not going to name names or anything like that, but there's this one artist <laughs> that, that is always posting something about, oh, great Sunday service or something, but it's a picture of, of them. <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, it, it, oh, isn't God good? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and whatever the post, it's always a picture of them. You know, wow. like they're so um, self-absorbed, self-absorbed. Yeah. And and uh, mm-hmm. so and I'm not you know pointing the fingers because, you know, it's nice mm-hmm. to post a picture of yourself once in a while if, if you've got some decent pics, which I don't. So <laughs> I just rehash some of the old ones. But, you know, it, you know, giving God glory in, in all things, not not your own glory. And, right. and then the fact where he talks about keep going and and just keep plugging away. Like Tommy Walker, yeah. you might not know the name now, but 30 years ago, uh, he wrote songs that we still sing in church to this day. Sure, so sure. so he knows what he's talking about and obviously he's not looking for the glory for himself because he's right. just plugging away doing what he does and he still, you know, tours and and writes and everything else, but he's just not mm-hmm. as popular perhaps as we may think he should be or that he used to be. Right, right. Gosh, it has been so great, but it is time to go. What was that? <laughs> that was you trying to cry? You know Pretending what? Pretending to Sometimes cry. I'll, like if I, I'll call my mom and uh, if she doesn't answer, I'll get her voicemail and I'll leave a message and I'm going, mom, <laughs> Must drive her nuts. Yeah. So it's time to go. I'm sad. Okay. I understand. Uh, (laughs) Hey, don't forget we are on Instagram. So give us a follow. You can see everything that's going on behind the scenes with Between the Grooves. And we're on Twitter and Facebook as well. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and look forward to chatting again next week. Yes, indeed.
Thanks for listening to Faith Strong Today's Between the Grooves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, would you consider sharing it with your friends, rating our podcast, or giving us some love on your socials to your amazing friends and followers will only help us reach more people. We'd also love to hear from you and share your feedback in an upcoming episode. Send your video or written message to Aisha and James on Facebook and Twitter at Between Grooves or email us anytime. Hello at faithstrongtoday.com. 